Back chat. Back chat. Back chat. Politics and current affairs. Backpack. Back chat. Back chat. Your alternative to talk back. Yes, indeed. You are listening to Back Chat on FBI Radio, your freshest wrap of news and current affairs. I'm Swetha Das. And I'm Shami Sivasubramanian. We have had a hell of a news week. You ready? The election was announced. Julian Assange was arrested. Jeffrey Rush won his defamation case against the Daily Telegraph. And he, award- and he was awarded a huge sum of money. And it's got significant consequences for the Me Too movement across Australia. (sighs) Got it all out. (laughs) Got it all out. But today we're bringing you the news you might not have seen in the headlines. First up today, we have Will Edwards, Disability Officer for the National Union of Students, here to discuss the story of a family who has lived in Australia for seven years but are now facing deportation due to their son's disability. Next, you may have seen his comedy videos on SPS's The Feed and all across social media, we have Senate candidate Michael Hing of the One Asian Party. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's actually what it's called. Here in the studio to take us behind his satirical videos and explain why he's taking the piss out of politics. But before that, we want to hear from you. If you were running for Senate, what platform would you run on? Well, text us in on 0409945945. Stay tuned for a bang of a show. The Australian taxpayer even pays for the toilet paper she uses. Does she go down to the chemist to buy the tampons? Or is the Australian taxpayer paying for those as well? Fact chat, your alternative to talk back. So what comes to mind when you think about costs to taxpayers? Roads, schools and hospitals, right? Well, that's not how the government sees it. A Bhutanese family who have lived and worked in Australia since 2012 are appealing to the Immigration Minister, David Coleman, to give them permanent residency after it was refused because their deaf son would be a cost to the taxpayer. The Wang Chuk family in Queen Bin are facing deportation this month unless the Immigration Minister grants them those visas. To help share this story, Disability Officer for the National Union of Students and Friend of the Family, Will Edwards, is here to explain the situation. Hello, Will. Hi, Swetha. Um, so, what's the gravity of the situation here? Well, I mean, the gravity of the situation is immense, I mean, to put it, um, you know, to put it bluntly. Um, what, we've, what we've seen so far, um, you summed it up pretty well, this family lived here seven years. The, the parents, you know, work in aged care and child care in the community, you know, looking after some of the most vulnerable people in Australia, the very little ones and the very old. Mm. Um, and, you know, their kids are at school and now one of their kids, his, his name's Kinley. Um, because Kinley is deaf, uh, he's, he's come afoul of this, this regulation in our, in our migration law that says... If you are likely to cost a little more in public health service than the government thinks you are worth, they can deny you permanent residency. So Kinley's been denied permanent residency, but because he's considered dependent on the family, the whole family have as well. And after seven years in Australia, all of them could be deported, um, in Kinley's case, to a country that he hasn't seen since he was 10 or 11. So, Will, tell me about the legality around all of this. How much power does the immigration minister actually have over deporting people? soul power <laughs> bluntly it's it's actually Insane. really wow. it's bizarre yeah. it's it's almost an absolute monarchy in in a sense <laughs> um it, it's really outdated so the immigration department you know just staff public servants do all the assessing but the immigration minister david Coleman, has absolute sole discretion to overturn any ruling the department makes now 
one of the last times we saw this happen and it made the news was a few years ago when uh, some friends of Peter Dutton's, when he was immigration minister, they tried to bring their au pairs into the country. The au pairs didn't do their paperwork properly. They got detained. Within hours, the immigration minister intervened and said, no, 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 my mate's, my mate's nanny can come into the country. Wow. Uh, but for weeks now, uh, he's refused to comment on, on you know, a, a young deaf person. Um, so he does have the power. It's just a matter of him choosing to exercise it. And we do know he's aware of Kinley's case uh, because we've been phone calling, writing emails, and media have been asking him about it. He just won't speak. Well, this, this story blows my mind because I had no idea they had this much power. I didn't know they could just point at a family and be like, you can come in, you can go out. Mm. Um, but I wonder, this is one family. How many other families are probably affected by the same kind of legal issue? Uh, it happens all the time. So yeah. I was I was recently, you know, shockingly, I was recently speaking to uh, the National Ethnic Disability Association who do a lot of work with, you know, migrants with disabilities and other, you know, disabled people in Australia. And they tell me that every year there's about 12, they, just them, um, you know, they don't have all the numbers, but just mm. coming through their office are about, you know, up to 15 cases of someone uh, being deported because they're disabled. Um, and I actually, you know, when looking into this, I looked up the, you know, the, the regulation itself, the, uh, the health requirement. And this is, this is according to the Australian government. This is according to the Department of Immigration and the Department of Home Affairs. On their own website, they explain that the five most common reasons people fail this health requirement are having cancer, um, having a kidney disease or failure, having HIV, um, and then the, the next two are the phrase they use are um, f um, functional impairment and intellectual impairment. Now, those last two just mean disabled. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 2019, one of the five most common, uh, the five most common health reasons uh, that people, you know, aren't allowed into Australia on health grounds are because they have HIV or because they're disabled. Wow, and those are people who need the help the most. Australia's like healthcare system. Oh, yeah? well, that's why our healthcare system exists. That's why we pay mm -hmm. tax, and that's why you know, despite so the entire seven years Kinley's lived in Australia because he's just been on you know temporary visa, he actually hasn't cost the taxpayer anything. Um, his parents have been paying his his expenses uh, while paying tax. You know, um, his parents sharing in Jungchu, they were childcare workers, aged care workers. They've paid so much for the Australian tax system. And, you know, the absurd thing is, um, I've spoken to them, Kinley's treatment, the thing the government doesn't want to pay for, is that once a year he has a hearing test. Wow. And, 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 and that's enough to deploy. Yeah, the government's decided that his annual test, one trip to the doctor a year, just isn't worth having. Now... So, Will, tell me more about the Wang Chuk family. Um, uh, mm. Not just how they're doing, but who they are, their makeup. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, so Kinley and his brother um, Tenzin, they're about the same age. They're both in year 11. Uh, they, you know, go to school in Queen and They're really popular, really beloved. Um, I actually, one of the ways I was able to get in touch with them is that a friend of mine uh, from Queen Bian, his younger brother is like that, really close friends with Kinley. Uh, Kinley is teaching him Australian sign language in their like recess and lunch breaks. Uh, they hang out together. His parents, um, his mother's Jung Chu, his, his father's name is Sharon. Um, and uh, Jung Chu and Sharon, they have been, you know, working in Australia for years. Jung Chu is this lovely, just so like compassionate and generous woman. Um, she has, you know, she loves kids, works in childcare, looks after so many kids in the local community. 
um, his father Shering is a really, um, really, really great values kind of guy. He works in aged care, used mm-hmm. to be a nurse. Um, he joined um, one. Some of the other people who've been working with him are United Voice, the um, trade union who represents um, people in aged care and other other similar industries. Um, Shering's been really active in the union and supporting other workers who've like had issues at work. Um, he's been like one of their most active members. Um, and actually, when I went to Canberra to meet the family and to protest outside Parliament House with them um, for, you know, to get David Coleman's attention, I actually, a whole bunch of the people at this rally were residents of the retirement home where Sharing works. Um, and I was speaking yeah. to some of these very old people afterwards, you know, people there in their 70s, 80s. Um, and this one very old person said to me, um, I, what she said was, I just don't get it. Without migrants, no one would be looking after us. Um, and f- for anyone who doesn't know, the, the migrant population who... Um, well, so aged care is a very, very high migrant workforce. It's a difficult job. It's a hard job. It's not a well-paying job. Um, but it's, it's largely migrants who work in that industry. You're listening to Backchat on FBI Radio 94.5 FM with Swetha and Shami. We're talking to Will Edwards, Disability Officer for the National Union of Students, about a Bhutanese family facing deportation due to their son's disability. Now, uh, this sounds like it plays into the rhetoric around migrants and refugees. Is there a... You're already nodding. (laughs) Tell me about the racial element to the story. (laughs) Well, look, I mean, the health requirement, funnily enough, uh, uh, investigation by several... uh, So in Parliament, we have these parliamentary committees where, um, you know, the whole Parliament passes laws, but committees do research and make recommendations. So a parliamentary committee of MPs has actually already found that the, the health requirement, which is being used to deport Kinley, does discriminate against people with disabilities. Uh, the issue is Parliament as a whole isn't obliged to act on their own research. <laughs> mm. So it's already been found that it discriminates against disabled people. Um, the other issue, though, obviously, it's similar to like uh, a lot of policing of petty crimes and minor offences. Um, it's racialized the way the law is applied. Mm. So while it only explicitly, well, while it only seems to discriminate against disabled people, it's very, if you look at the cases of people, you know, up for deportation, and if you look at the cases over, like, the last few years, by and large, it's not uh, people with disabilities who are white and from, say, England or Canada or the US. Mm. It's people with disabilities from, you know, countries like Bhutan or from the Philippines. There's actually a young a young person, I just found out the story yesterday, another young person, five or six years old, facing deportation because he has autism, um, and he and his family are from the Philippines. So the way the law is applied, very much uh, on a race racial line. So, Will, what needs to happen to keep this moving forward, keep this momentum happening that you've created? Uh, what can listeners do to help? Awesome. Great question. Um, so this campaign, uh, we actually did get some good news just yesterday. Um, just very late yesterday, about 4 p.m., news broke that uh, the Department of Immigration has uh, granted a three-month extension to the family's temporary visa. And that's just because of the public pressure. Um, that's because of the months. Yes. What is that? It's not enough. It's not much, but it's enough time to keep campaigning. Mm-hmm. So the issue, what we're worried about, is that they'll use this three months, let pe- let the attention fade, let the story get out of the media, and then when no one's looking, deport them. Uh, so what we need to do, what we really need to do, is over the next few months, um, and especially the next few days and weeks, we really need to keep the pressure high and not sort of not rest on our laurels. So what people can do, what listeners can do to help. Um, to f- keep up with the campaign, like the Facebook page, it's called NUS Disabilities 
two words. Uh, that's where you know I post about the campaign and updates and the events coming up. Uh, the other really important thing they can do is contact David Coleman, the Minister for Immigration. Um, so he has, you know, an office phone number, an email address. We'll, we'll um, text it out on yeah, well, um, for sure. We'll put it on Twitter and get yep, people in. Yeah, awesome. And what I want people to do is to call that office um, nine to five on weekdays. It is an office. So <laughs> if you're feeling fired up now, please, please put it in your to-do list. Don't call now. Yeah. Um, but you can write an First email right now. Um, put the pressure on David Coleman and also contact media. Contact journalists, write to your local newspaper, you know, message the ABC on Facebook, Sydney Morning Herald, The Australian, all these things. Because what happens is when people contact media outlets, media believe that there's interest in the story and then they'll report on it. Will, thank you so much for your time. Um, a quick plug for the other campaigns that you're doing around Australia? Yes, very, very quickly. Uh, I, as my role with NUS and as the Disabilities Officer, I'm also campaigning at the moment to improve um, mental health support for students at universities and mm -hmm. fix for like broken counselling services which students with mental health issues need. Um, so if you want to keep up with that, just go look at the NUS Disabilities Facebook page. Perfect. Thanks so much, Will. That was Will Edwards talking to us about a Bhutanese family facing deportation due to their son's disability. We're going to go to a song right now, but after that we'll, we'll be speaking to Senate candidate Michael Hing of the One Asian Party about taking the piss out of politics. <laughs> You're going to be listening to Heather from I Know Leopard. Back chat. Back chat. Back chat. We all know politics is downright crazy right now. Case in point, if I say the words egg boy, you'll know exactly which politically fueled event I'm talking about. And one Senate candidate Michael Hing is running purely to highlight just how insane politics really is. So much so <laughs> that an inexperienced independent funder can take the Australian political landscape by storm. His party, the One Asian Party. We have Michael, comedian and writer for SBS's The Feed, and now Senate candidate in the studio with us today to chat about his campaign. Hello, Michael. Hello, mates. How are you all? Oh, We're doing well. well. Very excited. <laughs> Michael, um, just between you, me, Shami, and all of our listeners. Sure. Is this for real? Well, I mean, it's look, I'm going to be honest. This started out as a joke. <laughs> and we made a little video that was going to be like, oh, hey, how funny would it be if I ran for Senate? Because literally any idiot mm. can do this. And then, like, 40 minutes after we put it up, we didn't realise this was going to happen, Scott Morrison called an election. And that sort of forced our hand. So we didn't have time for this to be a joke. Do you know what I mean? So now it's, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I printed out the forms. You've got to hand deliver them to the AEC, which I haven't done yet. But, like, I have every... Like, I want to be a senator. Like, this is... <laughs> this is your calling. Yeah, this is... It's, it's, and, and, like, and, look, and let, me, let me say as well, when we, when we put the video up, I thought maybe my friends and I would find it funny, whatever. We, I mean... Yeah, mostly the videos I put up because they're from SBS. Usually, like no one cares, right? Because let's be honest, it's no one watches SBS. But um, but but then we did this, and it's like Hurtful. thousands of <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, former employee over here. Um, but yeah, we had like thousands of retweets and likes, and and then our website crashed, and now we've had it's it, it's just it's all oh, it's too much. I was not expecting this. <laughs> I mean, I guess it'd be great for our listeners. Could you give us a run through of? what's behind the One Asian Party. So, how, you know, the platform of uh, crowdfunding policies, take us uh, through that. Well, it was just because I recognise I have my limitations as an idiot. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I thought it'd be funny just to ask people what they wanted. And so we went to the streets and we asked people. Most people just wanted me to legalise weed. Uh, <laughs> I think most people also didn't really understand that the Senate just does advice and consent. It doesn't really make legislation, but mm. it's fine. It's, uh, we'll sort it out later. Look, you're learning so much about the Senate now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and informing the public. Love yeah. it. And when I say most people, I mean me. 
<laughs> so yeah, uh, well, another guy, someone else wanted me to make Gozleme the national food. That seems cool. Um, yeah, you know. just means already our national food. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's that or Inu and kangaroo. I don't know. Like, it's, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, so you say in your election video, getting a bit serious now, that Fraser Anning was able to elect, get elected into the Senate with only nineteen votes, mm. but really. It's 19 votes plus preferences plus party votes. So is it is it really as easy as it seems? Like that seems to be your whole thing. It's really uh, easy to get in. Well, he was he also got in off the back of a constitutional crisis, right? Mm. Uh, which which was a lot of people got booted out for the Section 44 stuff, uh, where, where people were dual citizens, that kind of thing. And so he there was there was a number of reasons why Fraser running got got into uh, the Senate on on just 19 primary votes. Um, but you know what? Like politics isn't about like finding the roadblocks and why things are difficult like when like, I, I don't know when pe- people always say to me yeah it's going to be hard I'm like yeah I know it's going to be hard like I know it's not I know it's not like I just sign up and I become a senator like, I know I've got to work for it <laughs> but you think when they like when JFK was like let's go to the moon or whatever everyone was like um do you know the moon's really far away <laughs> like, like it, it's like we're not going to know you if can, I don't try you're right? comparing you your run the moon to the senate <laughs> into this that is know. wild I, I just feel like you are a politician <laughs> wow yeah I was so inspired just then whoa let's go to the moon Michael <laughs> I just want to I just mean that, like, yes, it's going to be difficult. And we know it's going to be difficult, but it's, like, because of preferential voting, yeah, people can't waste their votes, you know what I mean? As, as long as people, like, preference people after me, if I don't get in, it's fine. Your, your vote still stands. Like, we're, we're, it's going to be okay, everyone. <laughs> okay, so you're, you're crowdfunding your policies, as crowd you mentioned. Sourcing, crowd crowd, crowdsourcing. Crowdsourcing yes, your yeah. Yeah. funding. Um, I, don't, I haven't worked out how to... <laughs> I actually, money from well, I actually haven't know, worked taxing, out how to... Ex- I think, is what it's called. <laughs> I, I haven't worked out how to accept donations yet, so we're still... Which the I think is very broken, important. so yeah, you got to fix that first. <laughs> Um, but on your on your website it says anti-Muslim immigration or only Muslim immigration. Mm. So if the people say they want anti-Muslim immigration, would you run on that policy? Oh, look, I trust the Australian people oh. not to not not okay. to not to pick these ones. I mean, look, look the, the reality is if if we do have an anti-Muslim immigration platform, it's going to be all, all very awkward for my girlfriend and her family who came from Bangladesh oh. and, uh, and other Muslim migrants to Australia. Oh, no. and it could be awkward with the in-laws. Yes. No. <laughs> You're listening to Backchat on FBI Radio 94.5 with Swetha and Shami, and we are talking to the very hilarious and potential future senator of this country, Michael Hing. Uh, he's running um, as a senator for the One Asian Party. Hilarious. So funny. And we've actually got a text in from Pauline in Camperdown, and they say Swetha. Yeah, so we're, so we're asking um, our listeners to tell us, if you ran for Senate, what platform would you run on? So Pauline from Camperdown has texted in. She says, I would run on a Prohibitionist. Prohibitionist. Wow. We're all professionals platform. here. Prohibitionist um, okay, platform. Well, okay, she says, I'm so damn sick of waking up hungover. I need the government to intervene in my terrible habits. Um, <laughs> what What do you say <laughs> to that? Beautiful. I reckon, does the does the trick with the, the, like, drinking a lot of water before you go to bed work? I don't. I, I used to, I I've used to. Yeah. I've never had a hangover. What are you? How how old are you? I'm 28. Yeah. Oh, really? I feel like you should have had a hangover. Do you not drink? I no, I yes. do. I do. Oh, that would be funny, right? If I just like, oh, I don't drink. I don't hang over. No, no. I'm I'm. There are times where I do drink a lot of water just to make sure I can right. hold on to that like yeah. piece of you know um, moral up high ground that I have. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think I caught my first hangover when I was like 25, and up until then I thought I'd had hangovers. And then I got a proper hangover, and I was like, oh, that's the worst. I have to stop drinking now. <laughs> uh, well, Speaking of headaches, um, we've gotten a hint from your party's name, but are there any particular, you know, politicians that you're rallying against? Um, not 
I, 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 it's hard to, it's hard to, I mean, I think I'm kind of rallying against all the people who hate me, uh, which I think we can kind of imply who those, those, those kinds of people are. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we, I think it's like, we, uh, it's a joke. So I don't, I haven't really thought all this through yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of One Nation. I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> um, okay, so do you want to see a more youth-focused, um, like, parliament i guess and like policies around that pushed into the forefront with your election i'm getting a bit serious now yeah i mean it's one of those things where people i think assume that young people are going to vote a certain way and so don't need to fight for their votes i think that's that's like a genuine issue in like not just australian politics but global politics right you see that in the way that um you know with the brexit stuff in the uk how like young people sort of felt disenfranchised and didn't matter you see the same thing with trump's election in the u.s and I think that we're in danger of that happening in Australia. Even though we have compulsory voting, I think a lot of young people feel like, yeah, no one cares about us. Like, no one, no, no one like, makes policies for us. People are always cutting funding to things we care about. Like, it, 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 yeah, it, it does feel like young people in particular are, um, and, and not just in particular, I should say, there are lots of disenfranchised and marginalised communities that, that, where people aren't just taken care of and not thought of by politicians. Mm. Well, I guess, like, you know, you've you've just launched a couple of days ago. I know that you're still thinking about the campaign and, you yep. know, buying your suit for the <laughs> for your walk and talks. But is there a serious message you want to start getting out there? I mean, I think, I think people don't realise how easy it is to get involved in democracy and run yourselves. Like, I didn't realise until I did this how easy it was. It's like... It's like $2,000 is the fee. And then, it, so if you think about like that over the course of a three year election cycle, you put away like five bucks a day, you've got the money. Do you know what I mean? You could run. Like you could read, like anyone listening to this could do what I've done. It's so, it's so like it's, there's no, and, 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 we, and, and you look at the, I mean, the other thing is you look at the way Australia, you look at the photo, like the group photos of Australian politics. What do these people look like? It is predominantly like old white men. And that's not who anyone in this room looks like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That's not who many of our listeners look like. And, you know, it, it, so I feel like me getting involved, I hope would make other people want to get involved as well. Not just in running, but also in supporting things you care about and being passionate about. Okay, Michael Hing, what if you actually win? Oh. <laughs> People keep asking me this, and I'm like, I don't. Could, could, I, could I? Could I? Dare I dream? I think if 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 I if I win, I just I guess I'll become a senator. Like that's that's what happens. Ooh. That's what happens, right? I don't, I don't I know. know. What do senators do? Like, I, well, I mean, you know, you think about Jackie Lindy, Ricky Muir, you know, um, uh, Fraser Manning. No, these people didn't think they were going to get in, and they got in, and then they had like crazy careers like they had like really unbelievable careers where like they they, they, they did all these policies and, and, and had the balance of power and all that kind of stuff and said like yeah they could do it like you know give me a crack yeah. give me a crack this is guys. exciting I'm excited this is like it's here first if you do get elected <laughs> anyway thank you so much for talking to us this morning Michael we've had an absolute like banger of a time right if, now if I get in I promise you you will be my first interview yeah absolutely I'll come back to community radio in Sydney I'm like yes FBI this is where it all started that was uh, Senate candidate Michael Hing the one and only member <laughs> of Australia's newest <laughs> political party so one funny. Asian party oh my goodness I cannot get enough of this I really can't the Australian taxpayer even pays for the toilet paper she uses. Does she go down to the chemist to buy the tampons? Or is the Australian taxpayer paying for those as well? Fact chat, your alternative to talk back. And that's all we've got time for today's show. Big thanks to our producers, Natalie Sekolovska, Eden Faithful and Pip Leeson. And thanks again to our guests, Will Edwards and Michael Hing. We'll catch you all next week. But before we do, here's Could Have Been by Her featuring Bryson Tiller. Mm-hmm.